Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it's time for Cofield and Company's legal insider, Justin Watkins, on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. It's Cofield and Company. Justin Watkins is co-hosting this hour up until uh, a little later. A little later, about uh, 4.40 or so, and they're going to bring in one of our good friends who hasn't been on the show in a while, Brian Edwards, really good handicapper out of uh, Florida and Atlanta. Break down a little college football, some NFL as well. DeMond is back in the Finley Toyota Studios. We are here at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn. 766-1400 is a number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Let's get to it. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number four. So, for the folks in Reno who are just coming in, we were just talking about Stephen A. Smith and uh, journalism and talk shows and what you're allowed to say and what you can't say and what becomes defamatory, whether it's a fellow journalist, a co host, whether it's an athlete. Um, and Stephen A., he, he's been on a real run lately, man. He's, he, I don't know. He's pushing back on people. I think he's, a lot of people are rubbing him the wrong way. I don't know if he's losing it or what the hell's going on. But he got into a, a Twitter war with uh, Terrell Owens. I don't even know what it was originally about. I just know this. Uh, one of the tweets he sent out said, uh, you know how I feel about your sorry ass, T.O., and you know why. You should thank your heavenly father that I haven't zeroed in on you with the uh, trifling blank you try to pull. Tell folks uh, to ask ESPN what your desperate ass tried to pull. Keep on talking. Eventually, you'll expose yourself. Um, and he did go on to threaten to expose Owens for bad behind-the-scenes behavior. How much, as talk shows, can we say to people, hey, I'm going to expose you? I don't think there's any problem with what he said there. Now, we could have blackmail situations where the very same thing is being done right there. Right? I'll expose you. But the threat of it is, in exchange, you were going to give me, um, you know, money, or you were going to do what I want you to do. Otherwise, I'll expose you, and it'll it'll expose you to either criminal uh, action or some sort of civil action or something, you know, out of line and embarrassing. Uh, let's think of the the Dana White federal lawsuits sort of thing right that sort of blackmail in exchange for money is not permissible and is actionable here he's just saying hey man you keep targeting me with your comments and i'm gonna start targeting you with my comments and i'm gonna tell the truth he's not saying he's gonna say anything other than what the truth is okay and so if so once he says it then yeah. we have to examine it exactly right then you know because what do you say all the time about the truth yeah it's an absolute defense yep. so I, I think I, you know what? I, like I said, I don't like Stephen A. I don't like the whole premise of his shows. I don't listen to it at all. But everything that we've looked at today, I'm like he walked the line exactly right. He has. I don't. I don't think, think he's not said anything that is approaching actionable. Justin, can I ask Never you heard. something? Oh, go ahead. oh, real quick. Sorry. When it comes to because the T.O. and Stephen A. It's it steamed off of something of Max. Like uh, T.O. was like that's why I was on Max's side. Where does it rise to, even though he's a public defender, uh, public, you know, figure, figure. that Max yep. Kellerman can say, send a cease and desist. Can you please stop talking about me? I haven't said a word about you since I left the show, but you continuously talk about me in interviews. Where does that rise where someone can say, hey, even though I'm a public figure, a cease and desist, please stop talking about me. 
Uh, I don't think he has any basis for a cease and desist. This is newsworthy. And Stephen A is talking about his own experience. Um, he's not relaying anything that is Max Kellerman's, you know, property or, or name image likeness uh, sort of property. He's, he's telling his story from his perspective. This is why I didn't want Max here. Here's why I didn't think Max worked for our show. That's why I pushed him out, and that's why the show is the way it is. It's you're allowed to tell your own story, um, and and he's as far as I could tell, he didn't tell anything from Max's perspective that wasn't his own personal experience. Number three. So I have a road trip coming up. I'm heading to El Paso for more than a few days to cover UNLV football at UTEP. I'm looking forward to it. I would be. Really? I've yeah. heard so many people say, oh, El Paso, ooh, be careful. I went down there for the Sun Bowl when Oregon State played in it, and I had a great time. I thought the only thing I didn't like, I drove. We drove down there. Okay. I didn't like the drive, like, all through New Mexico, of like, nowhere New Mexico. It, it was there's not, a lot of nothing that's yeah, on there's that a lot. Yeah, it's not the best drive. But I thought the stadium was cool. What? I, what? I, it's really? Like, it's, like, wedged into this, these, this mountain, these little mountains. Um, there's a little sh- little strip of, of, you know, food and shops and, and stuff like that right, right around there. All right. Um, I, w- I went with a couple of buddies, and we had a great time. I, I would go again. Now, in addition to that old trip, you told me you've been on some trips recently. We'll get yeah. to Oregon State in a second. <laughs> I didn't realize, and I knew you had a, a, a family function going on. I didn't realize you were at the big house at Michigan to watch UNLV and Michigan when I was there. Yep. Um, I thought the big house was cool you can feel the history i i get a kick out of there's three stadiums now that i've been to recently cal notre dame and michigan where they've redone the stadium in a lot of ways so it looks good on the outside it even looks good some places on the inside but you still see the guts Mm -hmm. i'm like oh that's really cool you're talking about stadiums here that are like 80 90 100 years old so i was impressed with the big house i thought it was cool i'm glad i went it's a bucket list item i don't think i'll go again what like i did not enjoy the game watching experience really? that was the big house. The seats are crazy small. Yeah. It's all bench seating, and you are guaranteed. <laughs> there's nothing you could do about this. You are guaranteed to be touching four people at all times. The person to your right, the person to your left, the person in front of you, and the person behind you. The person in front of you is basically sitting in your lap. There is no, there's absolutely no leg room. You literally have to spread your legs to give them a little back room what? in your lap. It's so uncomfortable it is so uncomfortable and we had good seats i mean we're 10 rows up oh, really? from the field at, at, were you on the michigan side or you side you side come but, on why didn't you shout me out i don't know where you were i'm walking all on the sidelines look for the fat guy yeah i didn't know you yeah i didn't huh. it, we, like i said we were there with nine family members right. we had 10 tickets um but then on top of that you know i had i had four kids with me there Oh, go, boy. go, go, go. And they were, they were troopers, man. They, they thought the tailgating outside at yeah. the golf course across the street, they loved it. They Wait, were like, this so is amazing. 10th row? 10th you row. said? So yeah. you got to walk 62 steps <laughs> yeah. to get up to the food. Cause I, cause they told me coming in, they were like, they, I think they looked at me and they're like, you're going to have a tough time, big fella. Um, they were like 72 steps to the main level and then 96 up to the second level. Nah, I, that's not right. There's, there, there's like that, you can get that like under level. There's no way it was 72 steps. No way. It was like half that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Maybe okay. maybe they're counting all the little intermittent steps. Yeah, I'm not sure, but was, yeah. yeah, there's because there's numbers on every step, which are off. By the way, the oh, numbers are? are off. Yes, okay, they, had like, me, they had me mind screwed. Oh, dude, their numbers are off. <laughs> like, but 
So, you know, we're going to, you can't feed the kids enough beforehand. They want to eat in the stadium. The stadium's like the thing to eat. They have three options. They got a chicken place, a burger place, uh, and this like, you know, nachos and whatever, just general sort of stadium food. Right. Awful food. The worst stadium food I've ever eaten. I've been to a lot of stadiums. I've been to a lot of stadiums. Um, Not even close. This was the worst stadium food I've ever had. And I'll say this about like the footprint. You were talking off the air with me about like, oh, you had to walk around the whole stadium. This is probably not factually true, but it's pretty close. I think the Rose Bowl footprint is actually the same size as the big house and it seats 20,000 less. That tells you what they're doing with those seats. They've like there wow. is just it's well just, they're trying to set records every year by yeah. making it bigger and bigger and they haven't really enlarged they the haven't stadium. enlarged anything all they do is just keep adding numbers the to the bench it, it it was it was rough super glad i did it super you know bucket list thing to do um and, and i do want to go to number two penn state my dad's from pennsylvania so i don't like, i, I want to go there no you didn't like no, it no it's cool i know i hated it because every time i went there i watched the losing team get blown up by 50 <laughs> yeah. and you just have the stupid lion call with i'd be cheering for penn state you know i would you know go there and go for a white out and dress and like cheer for penn state but but um you know fr- from my perspective utep's cool little experience big house was a was a bucket list experience and then this last week i was at oregon state we have a new renovation to to our stadium you know it was nice in contrast to the big house i had seat backs and armrests and room to walk it, mm-hmm. it was uh it was good but i got i gotta tell this to the oregon state fans like hey man we're down to the pack two now you got to be in your seats the entire time so that when the when it's on tv and they're showing the stadium you can't have empty seats now it was a sellout and the kids aren't in school yet like we're on the quarter system kids don't start school till next monday but I, you got to do better. You got to do better, Oregon State. You, you you can't have empty seats at any time of the game. That's not freaking halftime, man. So good sellout, but let, let's do better. Number two. Who is going to win the Pac-2 title game this weekend between Oregon State and Washington State? Everything's on the line. I think, I think Washington State's going to win. Really? I, I think so. Uh-huh. I don't think that. DJU has faced a defense that puts enough pressure on him because we have a great O-line that puts enough pressure on him. He does not get rid of the ball quickly. He does not get rid of the ball quickly. And if there's pressure, we're going to have a problem. And I think Washington State's defense is going to be the best defense we've played. That's not to say they're great. They're, they're not great. Um, but I think their offense can keep pace with us. Uh, and and I just I, I just have this. They've, they've played a way tougher schedule than, than than Oregon State has, and I think they're they're ready for the game, and it's at home. So you know, I think I think it's a toss up, and because it's at home, and everybody's gonna be hyped up for it, I'm giving the edge to Washington State. I hope I'm wrong. What time's the game at? Four o'clock. Oh, it's four o'clock. Yeah, Fox Fox National picked it up. How far is Corvallis from Pullman? Six hours. Oh, okay. Other side of the state. Um, well, if I were Oregon State fans, I would try to get tickets because Washington State sometimes can be a little weird. Yeah, the attendance, they but, they, but, sold they're, out. but they're riding high right now. It's a very small stadium, but I've seen a lot of games there, especially some of the night games where you're like, "Where's everybody?" Oh, so I was there. My brother was a freshman the year that they Washington State went to the Rose Bowl uh, with Ryan Leaf, and I was at their last home game where they secured the Rose Bowl. Watched Ryan Leaf there. Cool stadium. Yeah, it's small. Yeah. Was it forty-two? I think it's 40, 41, 42,000. Um, I think it has a good atmosphere. 
Uh, weather should be good. That that helps Oregon State because normally it's so bitter cold up there to play, and that's that's tough for the remaining Pac-12 teams. But I just think they've played a tougher schedule. I think they're ready for it. They haven't had a home game since they've been, you know, ranked and against a ranked opponent. This is the first time Oregon State, Washington State played where they're both ranked, which probably gives you wow. a reason why hey. they're left behind, right? Why there's a pack two? Now. Why there's a pack two? Um, but I, I, if I hadn't just gone to games two weeks in a row, I would I would be flying up there for it. Number one. I'll admit, I don't like a word one specific word in this conversation so i have not read the story because it annoys me i have to be pitched on this idea what is going on with the pack two mountain west and then some idea of relegation have you seen this yeah you don't like the relegation word i don't i don't know what it is but i don't really like the idea for college sports but maybe i can be sold on it yeah i mean i i get where you're coming from uh with it being college sports but uh apparently and this came from Boise State, actually. Boise State made, I don't know if a pitch might be too strong of a word, just outlined an idea and presented it to Mountain West schools, the Pac-2 schools, and some Conference USA and AAC schools. We don't know the list of, of all it is, but creating a 24-team Mountain Central and West Coast Conference in which there's three tiers, it sounds like, so that would be eight teams, and there is a relegation model and a financial compensation model. So last place in the tier one gets relegated to tier two. First place in tier two gets promoted to tier one. All right, hold that thought because I want to hear more about this because this is revolutionary. I know it's kind of taking the idea from international soccer, but uh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on it yet. Justin's going to try on the way back. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. So these are especially good shows when Justin is on because we really concentrate on Pacific time zone and mountain time zone football because you're very much into it. I am just as a you know near 30-year resident of the town and uh, being around UNLV football. So we're recovering what's going on with the pack two i mean this whole area is in flux Mm -hmm. right we don't know what's going to happen you were just talking about the idea that boise threw out which i guess we can accept that boise fans annoy me but this is the brass it's interesting in concept so what you were talking about was uh the pack two plus the some combination of the mountain west and the aac would anyone else be included that was just who okay. they had presented the idea behind we're talking like, about a 2014 conference and, and then, this is in brass and then, and then this three... is like some somebody in the in boise state's okay. organization who just had an idea and they okay. were like yeah put it together in a powerpoint and shoot it off 24 teams eight tiers you got to yeah. win in no football. three tiers of eight yeah what did i say eight tiers yeah so eight teams in, in three tiers yep. and then there's relegation up and down depending on how your football program does right i was saying to you during the break there are a lot of really powerful basketball programs that are pretty well funded but i'm sure they would like the money to be rolling in at the highest level from football possible. So that puts a lot of pressure on schools that are basketball schools and the football program is kind of letting them down. And then from a money standpoint, the payout could be affected by dropping down a tier. Yeah. So that that's the idea is that tier one gets paid more tier two gets paid less tier three gets paid the least amount in football. Only all of the sports you have your other conferences. You're just, Oh really? Yeah. You stay in, you stay in your other conference, whatever. I mean, there, obviously, it'd have to be some sort of combined. There would be three conferences or two. Maybe it's two conferences of, of 12, probably. 
and those conferences determine they all play against each other the whole idea is that it preserves regionality within reason to allow all these olympic sports and all other sports to maintain a normal conference outside of football relegation only applies to football and the three tiers only applies to football so that central to western time zones can flow back and forth in this football relegation structure so by the way is the idea with a 24 team conference that they could go to the boss greg sankey which is a joke that he's the head of the sec and be like auto bid for all of us that's that's the we idea. are guaranteed yeah. an auto bid we're not right. fighting in the well yeah. i guess technically they are in the 24 they were doing that anyway yeah right but it, 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 i guess it would kind of keep out some other programs that might steal a bid right that's it it clears the air too is like and it would the probably be the, it would be the fifth bid right because right now they're the group of five get a six bid right the the six bid right it would be the fifth with which the pac-12 used to get yeah well the pack is going by that's guaranteed no, to go but by the by. pack two are going to write out their auto bid for the next two years right <laughs> no, i'm just kidding but but I, I think it's if if senki was really looking around the corner on this You'd say, I think that that's the future model. Why not let them, if we give them an auto bid and let them run this as the beta version and yeah. work out the kinks before we really implement it, maybe it helps with the problem. And if it's only, if they're only giving up one of the 12 spots, it's unlikely it's going to kick out a SEC team all too often. So I, I, I don't, I don't. I hold out hope that they're going to be advanced thinkers like that and progressive on on some out of the box thinking. Um, but it would be cool. It would be cool to see. I don't know if I want to see it with Oregon State involved, <laughs> but I mean, I think we would be in the tier one, especially with the teams that we're talking about. Um, but at the same time, as a as a fan and alumni, I just I just want us to get into one of the power fours right now and and regroup. All right. I won't crush your hopes again like I try to do. Oh, every it's week. definitely crushed. But, it's already crushed. Yeah, no, this is it's terrible. I'm going to give you the floor on Mountain West football. You know, I'm a defender of it. I will admit that I believed the bottom of the conference. And I'll, you know, I'll say as a program, UNLV is in the bottom of the conference. I think they've shown some signs of moving forward here. I like the coaching staff. Um, there were some good signs in the Vanderbilt game. Now they've got to deliver playing UTEP. You got to win this game. But some of the other schools, it's been rough for Nevada. New Mexico slowly coming along. You were kind of laughing at the board this week, and I will still defend the Mountain West, but there are some really weird spots where you're like, what? Who? Why are they dogging against that team? Especially if you don't follow college football closely. Yeah. I mean, you've got – here's the thing. Like, I sent you – was it last week? I sent you the athletics ranking from 1 to 133. Right. And there was five Mountain West schools in the bottom 25. And that's I don't, not I don't me. Know why, I, don't know why, I don't know why you and DeMond pay for that drivel, but go ahead. Yeah. The athletic. Well, one mean, guy who covers group of five. It, but go ahead. But it, here's the thing. It's not, it's not my opinion. I'm just grabbing somebody I else's opinion. And then, it's not that far off. Right. Well, then – all we got to do is look at the lines to yeah. see if Vegas agrees. And when you have two Mountain West teams that are double-digit dogs to – Well, you know these schools as nobodies. That's the thing. I know who you're going to yeah. reference. Yes. One is Texas State is laying 17 against <laughs> yeah. the Wolfpack. I mean, here's the thing. These schools in Texas and Florida are so gaga over college football – Within five years, they, their funding is amazing. Like, it, and, and that that is a problem. What what I'm going to say is a problem. 
that Texas State, and then the other one I know you're going to mention is James Madison is a six and a half point favorite on the road. They were an FCS, they were an FCS power for a long time. They've jumped to Division One uh, or FBS, just like Old Dominion. And you see them playing competitive games now, and you're like, wait, what's happening here? But especially places like Texas State to have the kind of funding they do within five years is a really bad sign for long-term traditional football schools that have been decent in the Mountain West. Like Nevada, again, again, we can combat this as a state. Help these friggin' schools. Yeah, You shouldn't be this cash poor at Nevada, and UNLV's got an advantage, but it's not like it's flush with cash. This is nonsense. Yeah, but you got, to your you point, got, you got, you got UMass, crazy. you got UMass, a three and a half point favorite over New Mexico. UMass which, which barely that, have a football team. They were, they were one of the worst five programs yes. about five years ago. Yeah. I know they're trending up, but the problem is, is that the Mountain West schools are trending down. I don't want to hear about a, a school that was the, the bottom 10 of ESPN's bottom 10 every single week for for better part of five years, yep. UMass was at the bottom. And now I don't want to hear the talk about, well, they're good. And that's why that's they're not, a three and a half. Yeah. That one I do not accept. Yep. I, I see what's happening at James Madison and Old Dominion. <laughs> James Madison won the Division Three. what was that, 10 years ago? Like, I don't want to hear that either. You're supposed to be the schools that are excelling. But they're, but they're, You're supposed to be the schools that are going against, say, like a, I'm going to say a middle-tiered, a middle-tiered right. big five school. And you're favored by a point or two, yep. but you're not. Well, there, there's a lot here. I didn't, I, boy, I didn't look at this closely enough. App State, which yeah. has, was, was a <laughs> an FCS power forever, and yeah. they're only getting three, right? I'm reading that correct. Yep. I was like, are they favored too? Uh, they're only getting three at Wyoming, which is an absolute hellhole to play at. Oh, man. New Mexico State stinks. Oh, they're only getting three in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. And uh, the pack did play better last week against Kansas. They fought. They fought to the end of the game. But, yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, I mean, it's also, I, you know, the other thing is. I'll, I'll give the pack a, a, a little bit of grace here because right. Norvell tore their program to shreds. And and they have they have historically invested not only monetarily, but in in fan support for that program over the last twenty community. years. You yep. know, like I, I'm I'm giving them a pass. Norvell ripped them apart. It's going to take a little bit to get back. They're my one one pass in the Mountain West. Nobody else has got a pass. Like these, when you see these kinds of numbers and this kind of competitiveness, it looks like a basketball school that happens to have some football teams. And then the problem. Beyond that is at the top. Fresno's really good. I like Fresno. I think Air Force is really good, but there are reasons why Air Force isn't attractive to what could be whatever. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, some mega conference that's trying to be sort of Power Five. They won't be in it. They can't. Can't. You got to if you're going to if you're going to do relegation and promotion, you got to be NIL central. And Air Force cannot do NILs. None of the service yeah. academies can. They can't be a part of it. Boise based on the beginning of the season, appears to... But they started off slowly last year, so we'll see what happens. Believe me, I'm not rooting for them. They're a little bit down. <laughs> down. I still don't have a good read on San Jose. I Is think it... San Jose State's okay. I mean, they played a tough first couple weeks. And I, I don't know that they're going to get rid of them, but the offensive struggles have now reached silly levels with San Diego State. I mean, you watched them against Oregon State. Uh, I'll say this. I thought... 
I thought they could have won that game with how um, uninspired Oregon State was in in their defense. Oh no! I mean, it's not a San, great statement. San, San Diego State had three wide open touchdown passes yep. where the quarterback he can't he, not within ten yards. I know. And he's there, all, he's and all there was, over the you place. Didn't, you didn't need to overthrow it. You didn't need to throw a perfect ball. I mean, there was nobody. There was nobody there on like a, you know, just a tw- like 15-yard pass, wide open. He's not field. accurate. No. And then the short stuff, he throws 1,000 miles an hour to nosedives. Yeah, and, and we got a bunch of sacks that I don't really know that, you know, it, a, a decent quarterback would have. Uh, been able to avoid so uh, we're not doing mountain west conference football talk with you anymore <laughs> you might as well not you might as well not i mean i want the mountain west to be good i do but but i'm not sitting here hearing the argument that they I mean, are good they're not I, I will say and i make excuses for the conference um i don't think funding is where it needs to be and then the other thing is they really did get rated and, and basketball too but they really did get rated by the transfer portal and that means that means you've got to replace guys who step like Wyoming, Craig Bowl. It, he just gets crushed every year because he's a hard-nosed coach, and I think a lot of players are like, I can do this for a couple of years. Oh, Power 5 school's offering? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. So he keeps getting rated. It's just you have to be awesome in the transfer portal to replenish all those players you're losing, um, and then they have to blend in quickly, too. they got to be able to play. Yeah, well, I will say this, though. You know, I looked at the transfer portal the whole time and uh, this for this whole offseason, and you – the movement's both ways, right? It is, it There's is. tons of people going down but, in but, school because they're not making it there. Right. And maybe they only need a chance. Bo Nix is a great example. Yeah. You know, uh, DJU is a great example. So um, they need to be more active there. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider, Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on. Cofield and Company. DeMond's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. We're here at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Offices in Vegas, where we are. Henderson and Reno. 766-1400 is the number. Make sure you dial 775 in the north. You should come up for the uh, battle for the cannon, October 14th. You always have plans, though. There's always something going on. October 14th, my daughter's got a dive competition in California. I already uh, know. Man. I know. I have a friend who's, uh, whose daughters were swimmers. Yep. That is a life. Yeah, different than swimming. This is diving. It's okay. totally different. It's not that intense. It's not that intense. I feel like that dude no. didn't travel for like, yeah. whatever, 20 years. and No, no, this is the, actually the first one. Didn't, first didn't one we had to travel to. Watch games, go to games. <laughs> It was pretty freaking crazy. So, all right, well, we'll see what happens with that idea of the, uh, the I guess, what would it be? They're going to call it the PAC? They're going to rebrand it the PAC 24? Yeah, I don't know. Um, who who cares? I, I don't think it's, I think it's a pipe dream. I don't think there's enough people with enough cojones to take a risk on something like that and change the game. All right. What are you seeing so far in fantasy football? <sighs> We're in a league together. Oh, I got, did, you know what happened to me? Did you say, you saw I lost, right? I lost by just a handful of points. You know what happened? What? The little Tua interception at the end. I, I was ahead. He throws that intercept, the unnecessary interception at the end of the game, and I lost, and I lost because of the interception. So this, I took your spot. I was the highest scoring loser this week, the the Cofield special. Yep. So I take the mantle in my one and one record. That is my special. <laughs> I am one and one, and I am the highest scoring team in the league. Yeah, I'm I'm number three. I'm right behind, you know, right behind you, and uh, I think I got the second most points against me. Um, but uh, 
but I feel good about my team. I think I think I'm going to be there in the end of the season in the conversation for playoffs and good seats. I've always believed that fantasy football is about twenty percent pickup success. Yeah, you have to get some impact pickups for injured players. Um, is Puka Nakua going to be the best pickup of the season? Depends on what happens with Cooper Cup. I mean, even when he comes back, I know they but... don't really have a number two. I mean, maybe. I mean, Van Jefferson hasn't really excelled. I can't start uh, both of them though. I have two, two, I have two. Out, well, that's 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 infuriating. Yeah. So I got to pick one. Yeah, Puka Nakua, a BYU kid, was a fifth round pick. Was good at BYU, but wasn't like a monster and had some health issues. So far uh, this year, he's on a pace to have 213 catches and 2,200 yards. I think that'll happen. I'm kidding. But you know, the funny thing is, because it's going to help them a lot. I don't think the Rams are going to be bad. And... I'm guessing in most leagues, like in our league, we do an, uh, an auction league. I think in almost every league, someone at the end of the draft was like, all right, you're just going to give me Matt Stafford? Mm-hmm. I'll take him. Yeah. I. The only thing I hate about our league is the reverse waiver priority resetting every week. Like, yeah. you know, it just makes early season success a punishment um, for at the end of the season because of these major pickups like this. So now, why don't we should, now just, I we got should just switch to a bid system? Yeah, where you have I a budget agree. and if that's you, right. And then you have a salary cap and you can bid. Yes. All right. That's absolutely what we should do because you should not promote mediocrity at the beginning of the season. And that's what it does. I mean, if you are in a better position if you go 0 and 2 with a decent team that's got yeah. some injuries so that you can get the next great pickup. So you can get Ford yeah. this week. Right? You get I Ford. never I actually never mind getting out. I don't. I, I actually Slow don't mind losing with a lot of points and going yes, going to a hundred percent. Now, last week I fell asleep on pickup night and got no one, so, <laughs> which I, I I don't think I, I wouldn't have had a shot at uh, Puka Nakua anyway. But no, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, you would have because I got him, and I was the eleventh priority out of twelve. Ooh, so I got him. I'm gonna pay for that. Yep. You beat me with him at the end of the year. <laughs> you have. Yeah. Got to be dedicated. You gotta can't you gotta go to sleep early. That's can't right. You gotta. You know, screw the uh, screw the prep for these shows. Yep, sit there and do your fantasy. Uh, and again, I'll if people if people in Reno aren't aware of the fantasy guy on the show, it's Adam Hill, who's not mm-hmm. here today. I don't. Adam literally does twenty seven fantasy league drafts, and he's got like nine other types of dra- or uh, leagues. So he's in like twenty seven leagues. I don't know how you do the pickups. No, I mean at least the league we're in is a day later than most leagues on right. the waiver priority running, but which I like, which is helpful. If you're investing money, then you have to do it. So if you're going to make <laughs> yeah. that commitment, and I think he, you know, we're not going to get him in trouble with the IRS. I think he does pretty well. So yeah, me too. All right, have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Yes, sir. There he is, Justin Watkins. You can call Battleborn Injury Lawyers from anywhere in the state seven six six fourteen hundred. Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling towards the 5 o'clock hour here on Cofield and Company. Always like to uh, do a little gambling spot here uh, Friday and uh, Thursday. I don't know why I went out of order there, but Brian Edwards is in. Brian, I haven't talked to you in a while. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, Steve. How are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I think this is a really good college football weekend and uh, kind of a fascinating NFL weekend, especially when it comes to Survivor. But that's kind of the way the NFL is. I want to go back to last week first and get your take on both of the Nevada teams. And we're on up in Reno as well. Um, the Wolfpack competed you know, pretty close with Kansas. And what do you think of the UNLV win over Vandy? 
Uh, well, I didn't think much of the Rebels win because I had Vandy minus four, unfortunately. Uh -oh. But, uh, yeah, nice win. <laughs> nice win for UNLV rallying uh, from that 17 uh, to zip deficit. And I was not involved with uh, KU at uh, Nevada. But, uh, obviously, uh, the Wolfpack, you know, beating the number by three touchdowns and uh, giving a, a team that had looked really good uh, – eight days before in uh, thumping Illinois on national television that Friday night. So, yeah, good efforts by uh, both Mountain West teams last week. All right, so what do you do with Vandy now? Do you downgrade them? Did they see some things that really annoyed you? Um, I mean, they, they fumbled a lot, I'll say that. They, they fumbled a lot. They were sloppy with the ball, and it seems to be a trend and probably not a good thing heading into a game against Kentucky. Yeah, so I I um like the over here. Uh, I got it at forty nine and a half yesterday, but I'm I'm probably it's most books uh, fifty and one half and fi or fifty one at last look. I, I'd probably be good with it all the way up to uh, fifty two. So depending on what number you got for the Vandy Wake Forest game that hit on fifty six and, and it closed either fifty five and a half or fifty six. Uh, Vandy the over is either three zero and one or four and zero for Vandy combined scores of seventy seven fifty six. 60 and 63. Uh, AJ Swan has played pretty well. 21 to 6 career TDINT ratio. Now he's got some good receivers, especially Will Shepard. And but basically, Vandy's just not very good defensively. Um, they are ranked 100th nationally in total defense, 101 in scoring, giving up 29.3 points per game, and Kentucky scoring at a 35.7 uh, points per game clip. So I am going to go over on uh, UK and Vandy at 50 and a half or 50 and one right now one more thing on Vanderbilt do you think they're going to make a bowl game obviously that is kind of the the, the minimum standard you know for a team that's in the SEC uh, their schedule isn't murderous the rest of the way if I'm correct I don't think they play Bama or LSU of course in their division they play Georgia can they win six games total uh, that was you know I think uh Losing UNLV probably uh, put a fork in that. But, you know, we'll see. The, the only games that are probably not winnable are at Ole Miss and at uh, Tennessee and Georgia. So and probably probably at South Carolina. But I mean, you know, maybe they can beat Auburn at home. Um, Kentucky and Mizzou at home are potentially winnable. But I would probably say uh, four and eight and five and seven most likely. Brian Edwards is with us. It's Cofield and company. You want to jump in, Damon? Uh, so something that I was thinking about. I'm sorry, Steve, you caught me off guard there. I was looking up about the Raiders. <laughs> new, new Chandler yeah, Jones. Yeah. Chandler Jones news is dropping every day. I'm oh, on Chandler no. Jones. All right, watch. Well, that's a tease ahead for the five o'clock hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. So, sorry right, about let's, that. Let's continue on the SEC. Um, what are we going to do this week, Brian, as Brian Edwards is with us? What are we going to do this week with South Carolina? You just mentioned – uh, South Carolina breaking down Vandy, but South Carolina favored against Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm going to go South Carolina minus uh, six and a half here. Um, you know, maybe a touch concern of a letdown here for South Carolina after obviously being sky high uh, for the Georgia game. But I think the fact that they're at home at night and they're one and two and, and desperate uh, for a W, you know, alleviates that. I mean, the stats for Spencer Rattler the other day do not do him justice. He was absolutely spectacular, kept him in that game and really going back the last six games, all of 
this year in, in that three-game run where they uh, played uh, Tennessee or beat Tennessee, beat the brakes off them, and beat Clemson, and then had that fun uh, bowl game with Notre Dame. Rat- Nobody in the country has been better than Rattler uh, the last uh, six games. Mississippi State looked awful last week, and South Carolina at home now is 11-4 and straight up, 10-5 and against the spread since Beamer uh, got there. They've won eight of those 11 home games by nine points or more, and they are 6-2 and two against the spread as home favorites on Beamer's watch. And Mississippi State uh, having some growing pains, moving away from the air raid, uh, which, you know, Will Rogers had mastered, uh, but he's been struggling a little bit this year, so I'll go with the Gamecocks. Uh, very weird to see Central Florida and Kansas State in a conference game, but that's sure. what it is now, for now. <laughs> Who knows what it is five years from now. What do you think happens in this one? Well, I like K-State here, and, and I'm going ahead and playing it at four and a half, even with Will, Will Howard's status uh, being in question. Uh, and their stud running back who transferred in from FSU is doubtful. I'm pretty much considering uh, him out. But, you know, I like good coaches and bounce-back spots. And uh, Kleiman has been good. Their last eight is a home favorite, uh, seven and one. Uh, against the spread, and uh, UCF is without John Rice Plumley. Now, K-State might be without Will Howard, but their backup, Avery Johnson, he was the prize of their recruiting class. He was in for the spring, and he, he has gotten in a little bit, and he's shown flashes of his athleticism. Uh, he can run it really well. Um, but you know, we'll see about his passing, but I mean, I think it's, you know, evens out because John Rice Plumley is out. I don't think a whole lot of Timmy McLean, uh, his backup. So I'm going to go with K-State as long as it's, uh, less than seven. I'm on the Wildcats and look, if Howard gets upgraded, I think the line will move back to six and a half, perhaps seven. So I'm grabbing it at four and a half now. BrianEdwardsSports.com is where you can find Brian Edwards stuff. Um, you know, you just mentioned some quarterback situations with injuries, and it, it's a, a rash of injuries across the country. How much do you have to mine the info market to figure out what the hell is going on come Saturday and even, you know, Friday night's a busy slate when it comes to who's going to play quarterback? Oh, my gosh. I, I, it's, nothing is more important. Uh, in my opinion, you know, as I say that, though, I'm going ahead and playing K-State without knowing a, about Will Howard. But that's just kind of feeling uh, feeling pretty good about his backup and knowing Plumlee's out uh, for UCF. But, yeah, you got to be always be on top of uh, injuries and, I, you know, spend all my free time. If there's a quarterback questionable, you know, just doing Twitter searches, finding out if they practice uh, one day. You know, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing it as early as Monday or Tuesday, uh, not just, you know, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Rich Rod's now at Jacksonville State, has had some interesting moments this season. What are you doing with his game this week against Eastern Michigan? Yeah, it's an automatic play for me. I love back in Eastern Michigan as an underdog. Chris Creighton, I uh, call him the underdog king. Eastern Michigan, their last 50 games as underdogs are 38-11-1 against the spread. Their last 32 as road dogs. They are 26-6 and ATS. So uh, I, I got it at 6.5 and, and bought the half point to 7. But uh, it looks like a lot of books are at 6 now. I mean, I wouldn't pay like minus 130 or 135 juice to get it at the key number number of seven uh i think it's a game eastern michigan certainly went outright so i'm okay with plus six explain to me what happened what was nick saban doing last week with milrow was that a secret suspension was he trying to pull a kobe and he's like "Eh, you know i'm gonna show you fans what i have behind him so shut the hell up because that was not a good showing by the backup quarterbacks and now this is not an easy assignment from uh you know the old miss side is hard to defend 
Yeah, so look, I, I lean over and Ole Miss on this game. You know, I, I guess Alabama, or I'm sorry, Saban was just giving the other guys an opportunity. <laughs> you know, let, let's see what you got. And then, yeah. you know, they didn't have anything better than Milrow. And Milrow, uh, you know, didn't pout. In fact, he was a leader on the sidelines trying to help the other QBs, and I'm sure that pleased Saban. But look, so Ole Miss has got some key players that are iffy to play this week, but if if just two of those guys get upgraded, I'll be on the Rebels and the over, and I'm mainly talking about Trey Harris. I'm not as optimistic about Zachary Franklin, uh, the stud receiver from UTSA who transferred in and still hadn't played yet, but Trey Harris had five touchdowns in the first um game and like the first drive he had four touchdowns uh against mercer and then the first drive he had a touchdown against tulane before getting injured and then they've also got caden prescore and a tight end first team all aac selection at memphis last year they're feeling pretty good about about him and harris playing uh, i'm gonna wait and see if they practice tomorrow and look uh, Ole miss may still cover and it may still go over i, I lean uh, that way, even if all three of those guys are out. But I'll definitely be on Ole Miss in the over if one or two of those three guys are upgraded. Let's uh, Before we get you out here and Brian Edwards with us, BrianEdwardsSports.com up on Cofield & Company here in uh, Vegas, on ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Thursday night, we have something on the uh, Giants and the Niners. Uh, yes, sir. So these team totals for the 49ers in the first half, when they are 14 or fewer, going back to basically when Purdy took over last year, they have been really good to me. I think there was one push and maybe uh, it was either one or two non-covers late last year. But anyway, they have uh, gotten to 17 in the first half of both games. And I just don't like laying double digits in the NFL. So I'm attacking it by going over either 13 and a half or 14 uh, for the Niners team total in the first half and over 27 and a half uh, for the Niners in the game as they've gone over, you know, all four of those uh, in those two games. And Brock Purdy does not look like he ever got injured, man. He looks like he's picked up where he left off. Short week for the Giants out west. No Saquon. I think the Niners offense uh, gets it going early and often. What is your read on Russell Wilson and the Broncos? You know, it's one thing if Russ is not playing great as he, you know, starting to work here with Sean Payton, but Sam Howell, uh, the Broncos defense, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to overrate Miami, but what's this game going to look like? Well, my thoughts on Russell Wilson is what the hell was Sean Payton doing taking that job? And secondly, as it relates to this week, like you said, I had to sweat uh, the commanders in my survivor uh, contest in, in week one against Arizona. And Howell, you know, made some big mistakes in that game and then uh, goes out to Denver. And what did they fall behind? 21 to three, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And they yep. come back and win. And look, I, I love the Dolphins offense looks great. I, I love everything about how Tua attack the offseason. So I'm going to go the Dolphins minus six and a half. And I'm also going to take their team total uh, over 27 and a half. Miami on the road. Uh, looking good offensively. I know they didn't get there with the uh, Patriots game in terms of the team total getting to 28, but they uh, they missed two field goals. They settled for a 23-yarder after a 13-play 81-yard drive. They're number one in the – I know it's a small sample size, but they're number one in the NFL in uh, yards um, so far and passing yards. And uh, 
Denver's D did not look very good last week, so I'll go Dolphins minus six and a half and over twenty seven and a half team total. Brian, tell Vegas and uh, tell the Reno audience how they can find your stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Vegas uh, B Edwards, and I am also uh, content at MajorWager.com. Picks at VegasInsider.com, and I'm also uh, doing SEC content at Southeastern 14 if you want to follow their YouTube channel. Appreciate you having me, Steve. Yeah, of course. Haven't talked in a long time. Hope you're doing well, and let's do it more often. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. There he is, Brian Edwards, a longtime voice on uh, other Cofield shows over the years, uh, hooked up with him, and he's really good on the Southern football, uh, especially the uh, the SEC. You heard that there. BrianEdwardsSports.com. Let's do a giveaway right here. 364-1100, caller 7. We got an unbelievable giveaway with two tickets for all three days, October 6th to the 8th, uh, in Indio, California, the home of Coachella. Massive metal concert with Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, ACDC, Metallica, Tool. You can get your tickets at powertrip.live, but we've got a pair for you right now. 364-1100.